Healthier on the Truth Frequency Radio Network, simulcasting on Spreaker, Jitsi, and Free Conference Call. And uh, I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. We are live, at least right now, if you're listening to this any other time other than Tuesday, July 25th, 2023, uh, it's probably recording. But right now, we are live and uh, just cruising right along. This program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace us, uh, <laughs> the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some uh, really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the Itericare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's lots of information about that, including uh, downloadable flyers and brochures, there's a link to a um, YouTube playlist that has almost 140 uh, videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and um, testimonials from people all over the world that have had fantastic life-changing results using these things and helping their bodies restore their natural health. And also, uh, some of them have had uh, quite the uh, adventure in building a home-based business and uh, done very, very well. And I'll tell you what, in this day and age, everybody needs to have a financial plan B. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> so if you don't, you might want to look at this. You know, there are uh, very few companies out there that have, and programs, that have a good company, a good product, and a good marketing plan. I've been involved in network marketing since 1978, and I've only known a couple uh, one is fantastic. It's the granddaddy of them all, but it's extremely difficult to build that business just because of the uh, stigma attached to it, I guess you could say. But this one does have all three, and it is absolutely amazing. And the technology in this little device, which is sold as a home electronic device, is nothing short of amazing and has helped people get rid of everything from skin tags to cancer. Just a amazing thing, and it's only $380 delivered to your door in the U.S., usually within two to three days. You can't beat that. Um, well, if you can, I'd like to hear. <laughs> but anyway, um, just a uh, suggestion. 
check it out, see what you think. You know, it's not going to hurt anybody to uh, give it a, give it a look. And I'll tell you what, I had a gentleman, uh, two guys in the last couple of days from my church that uh, I got wands to, and one of them sent me, I'm going to bring my text messages up. He sent me a text last Wednesday night after he had, uh, no, Thursday. He picked it up Thursday afternoon. And a couple hours later, he, if I can find that text, there it is. He sent me this message back. I used it on my left shoulder for about 30 seconds and have full range of motion, which I haven't had for years. In other words, a good start. So <laughs> he is very happy. The next gentleman, I gave him one Friday night and Sunday morning when he came into church, I asked him how he was doing and he just looked at me and says, oh, my feet feel so much better. He had some really bad edema uh, in his uh, lower legs and feet, causing a lot of pain. And uh, he started using this thing. I told him I just to plug it in, point at what gives you trouble and just give it a few minutes. And he could not believe the difference he was experiencing. The swelling was down, the pain was down, and he was just happy as a clam. Uh, that's just two people in the last week that I've heard from personally that got these wands and cannot believe the results they're getting. So uh, I suggest you check them out, and uh, you know, I don't think you'll be uh, unhappy. Anyway, check out the website. While you're on the website, make sure you hit the radio shows tab. Top of the page is the link to the archive page. Uh, at uh, castbox.fm and there's almost 1300 video or 1300 shows up there now they're all annotated as we what to talk what we talked about they're uh, uh, shareable via email and social media which we encourage you to do and if you scroll down a little further you'll see the information on the shows we do when they're on and how you listen and at the bottom of the page is the link to the facebook page set up for the show as well as the telegram channel and uh, one other thing I want to tell you about uh, real quickly, if you like to watch TV and you're paying Spectrum or AT&T or whoever for, your, for cable, uh, chances are you can do yourself a huge favor, save a boatload of money by switching to Q streaming. And all you need is a high-speed internet connection. And a, if you're putting it on a TV, you need a Amazon Fire Stick, which costs about 35 bucks. And if you're doing it on a computer or a uh, uh, tablet or a phone, you don't need anything other than browser. And they offer virtually every channel I've ever seen. They've got over 40 movie channels. They've got all the sports channels. They've got pay-per-view. They've got um, uh, you name it. Everything that I would have had to, up, to upgrade and pay even more than the $132 a month I was paying is now um, – there with just um, they're fifty nine ninety nine a month, <laughs> yeah, sixty bucks a month, and you get everything. No extra fees. Pay per view is free. <laughs> That's pretty wild, and uh, it's just an amazing system. And I have been I've had it for a little over a month, and I've been very very happy with it. And so much so that I'm canceling uh, virtually everything I have with Spectrum, switching to my local electric provider co op. Uh, for their um, uh, fiber connection that goes straight to into the house. So there's no copper choke point from the pole to the house like there is with most other fiber systems. 
and you get screaming fast speeds, my system's going to be 300 megabit download and 300 megabit upload. That's pretty amazing for $79.95 a month. So my, my bill is going to be cut in half from, uh, well, I'm going to be paying about 90 because I'm getting one phone line uh, plus 60. I'm going to be paying 150 bucks a month where I was paying 279 Not bad. And the service is going to be even better. So that's uh, that's pretty, you know, upgrade everything and cut the price in half, basically. So I encourage you to check that out. It's right below the um, uh, iTeraCare information on the homepage, yourdiyhealth.com. And just uh, click that link or go to that address, uh, scroll down below the iTeraCare stuff, and you'll see the Q streaming. And there's information there. Um, I encourage you to check that out as well. So anyway, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, Spreaker, Jitsi, Free Conference Call, their owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that what, uh, no matter... So that anyway, so what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Anyway, um, I just happened to uh, look at get a new book the other day called Shots Fired by Shannon Rowan. Subtitle is Vaccine Weapons, Medical Tyranny, and the War Against Humanity. And I just love the cover art. It looks like a Smith & Wesson Model 66, which is a uh, 357 Magnum revolver, and the barrel has been replaced with a hypodermic syringe. <laughs> I just love the, the artwork, and the title is just, you know, fantastic. But she's got a lot of good information in here. I'm hoping one of these days to try and get her on the uh, uh, show. But... Um, the thing is, you know, you've heard the, the the saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And we act like um, what we're going through now with the COVID crap and the jabs and everything is something new. But actually, it's the same story over and over again. And it started with Edward Jenner primarily back in the late 1700s, early 1800s. And... Yesterday on my afternoon show, I kind of equated Edward Jenner as the uh, Anthony Fauci of the late 18th and early 19th centuries, because he was in this thing not as a, a way to help people, but a way to make a boatload of money. In a letter to a friend of his, um, let me see if I can find it here real quick. I've got the uh, hard copy of the book in my lap, and I've got the uh, Kindle version on my computer in front of me. And I should have found this earlier, but I was running out of time before the show started. Um, but basically, uh, I think this is a bag vaccine bonanza. Uh, the, 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 hmm. Well, let's just read some of it. As the, early, as the years have gone by, the number of vaccines available has increased steadily but remorselessly. And I'm going to back it up a little bit just to see. 
Well, shoot. Okay, let's start with a vaccine myth. Uh, yeah. Anyway, basically, he told a friend of his that he was expecting to basically get rich <laughs> with this uh, idea of so-called vaccination. Says vaccination myth, most practicing doctors and nurses at the sharp end of the medicine undoubtedly believe that vaccines have helped wipe out some of the deadliest infectious diseases. Many members of the medical profession would put vaccination high on any list of great medical discoveries. Those who promote vaccines often claim that vaccination programs have reduced illness, prevented millions of deaths, and are the main reason why the average life expectation has risen. These are all barefaced lies. Vaccination is widely rec uh, respected by doctors and others in the healthcare industry because of the assumption, assumption <laughs> that it is through vaccination that many of the world's most lethal infectious diseases have been eradicated. But this simply isn't true. It is a myth. As I have shown in many of my books, infectious diseases were conquered by the provision of cleaner drinking water and better sewage facilities. And that's backed up by Dr. Suzanne Humphreys and Roman Bistrionic in Dissolving Illusions, another fantastic book that uh, shoots holes in the vaccination theory. Uh, let's see here. The introduction of vaccination programs came along either just at the same time or later when the death rates from the major infectious diseases had already fallen. Yeah, according to Dissolving Illusions, and they have the actual figures from uh, the UK and the United States, um, at the early, the late 18, early 1900s, deaths from measles and things like that were pretty high. And then as the infrastructures improved in the cities and people got cleaner drinking water, better food, um, yeah, better sources of food, and uh, better um, uh, sanitary systems or sewage treatment systems, basically the death rates began dropping precipitously to the point where in the, I think it was around the late 30s, early 1940s, the rates had dropped by almost 98% in the United States. And it wasn't until 1963 that the measles vaccine was uh, introduced. Already after close to 99% of the deaths from the illness have already been eradicated. So the vaccine did absolutely nothing to get rid of the illness and if anything caused a resurgence of it. So there you have it, and that's just one, but all the other childhood illnesses are the same. You know, measles, mumps, rubella, uh, whooping cough, all those were all almost gone before, long before the vaccines were ever rolled out. So it's a huge lie. And when you're, at, when you're at that position, when you've got almost zero death from these things, why all of a sudden do we have to have a new way of dealing with them? When before, you know, the vast majority of children got the things, they'd be uncomfortable for a week or so, and they would be right back at it, and in most regards have lifetime immunity. Because most, you know, they don't know that for sure, but the vast majority of people never got it again. 
uh, it doesn't prove anything that you really have immunity to it. It's just one of those things that's a rite of passage. Seems to be something that happens generally when you're young. You get it, you're done with it, and you move on. You don't have to do that again. It's like taking your driver's test, <laughs> uh, provided you don't let it lapse and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the thing is, is there's no proof whatsoever that any vaccine has ever done anything to eradicate any illness. And there's also no proof whatsoever that they're safe and effective. But let us continue on. The introduction of vaccination programs came along either just at the same time or later when the death rates from the major infectious diseases had already fallen. There really isn't any evidence to show that vaccination programs have ever been of any real value, either to individuals or to communities. The mythical power of vaccination programs has for years constantly been sustained by governments and organizations announcing, apparently with complete conviction, that such and such a disease will be eradicated when the relevant vaccination program has been completed. The principle behind vaccination is a convincing one. The theory is that when an individual is given a vaccine which consists a weakened or dead version of the disease against which protection is required, his or her body will be tricked into developing antibodies to the disease in exactly the same way that a body develops antibodies when it is exposed to the disease itself. But in reality, things aren't quite so simple. How long do the antibodies last? Do they always work? What about those individuals who don't produce antibodies at all? Vaccination, like so much of medicine, is a far more inexact science than doctors and drug companies would like us to think. The truth is, that a ruthless and self-serving lie to claim that vaccines have wiped out many diseases and have contributed hugely to the increase in life expectation we now enjoy. The evidence shows that the diseases which are supposed to have been wiped out by vaccines were disappearing long before vaccines were introduced. And the argument that we are living longer is a statistical myth, which rests upon the fact that in the past, the infant mortality rate was much higher than it is now because of contaminated drinking water and other public health problems. When the infant mortality rate is high, the average life expectation is low. When the infant mortality rate falls, then the average life expectation rises. If one person dies at age of one and another person dies at the age of 99, they have an average lifespan of 50 years. If the person who died prematurely lives longer than the average lifespan will be much longer. Stands to reason. The bottom line, then, is that the evidence shows that vaccination programs have not done the things they are credited with, but have done most of the things they are blamed for. The decline in disease, the reduction in infant mortality rates, and the increase in average life expectation are all due to improved living conditions cleaner water, efficient methods of removing sewer or sewage, fresher food, less poverty, and less overcrowding are the real reasons why these improvements have taken place. Anyone who doubts this has only to look at graphs to sh showing mortality rates and life expectation rates alongside graphs showing when vaccines were introduced. The graphs showing clearly 
that the improvements took place before the vaccines were introduced. Study the evidence relating to whooping cough, tetanus, diphtheria, smallpox, polio, and other diseases, and it becomes clear that the incidence of these diseases and number of deaths caused by them were in decline long before the relevant vaccines were introduced. The vaccine bonanza. As the years have gone by, the number of vaccines available has increased steadily, but remorselessly. A decade or two ago, the only vaccines available against, uh, were against a relatively small number of diseases, including smallpox, tuberculosis, polio, cholera, diphtheria, tetanus, and whooping cough. Today, the number of available vaccines seems to grow almost daily. In the past, vaccines were produced against major killer diseases. Today, vaccines are produced against diseases such as measles, mumps, and chickenpox, which have been traditionally regarded as relatively benign inconveniences of childhood. But now because the, and this is my editorial comment, but now because of the advent of the jabs to go against these things, now these benign inconveniences of childhood are now deadly diseases and must be gotten rid of with vaccines. So everybody has to be jabbed. At least that's what they tell you. In Britain, most children who reach their second birthday will have already received 21 vaccinations against seven different diseases. That's a heck of a lot of gunk to slosh around in small growing bodies. The routine standard run-of-the-mill, no questions asked vaccination program starts at two months. I still can't believe that. And I just realized I'm reading from the wrong book. <laughs> which is why I couldn't find the thing I was looking for on Jenner originally. I actually am reading from a book um, called Vaccines Are Dangerous and Don't Work by, um, uh, what is his name? Um, he's a doctor, uh, an older gentleman in the UK. Um, and again, it's another uh, ebook I picked up uh, over the weekend and uh, have been going through different ones at different times and forgot that I had not switched books on <laughs> my Kindle reader. Um, but as you can tell, still really good information. And uh, this gentleman, he calls himself the old man in a chair because he does uh, little uh, blogs where he's sitting in a real nice, comfy looking chair, uh, reading from a list of stuff, uh, giving statistics and that kind of thing. And he makes too much sense. Uh, years and years ago, he was a uh, top uh, writer. He was interviewed on all kinds, you know, expert on all kinds of different things was a uh, interviewed by you know top interviewers on TV and radio and since covid when he started telling the truth he has been relegated to someone who just has a little blog because he can't get on anywhere else anymore because they don't like what he's saying but anyway as i was uh, going in britain most children who reach their second birthday already received 21 vaccinations against seven different diseases that's a heck of a lot of gunk to slosh around in a small growing body. The routine standard run-of-the-mill, no questions asked vaccination program starts at just two months. Still can't believe that. Babies just eight weeks old have a single jab against diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, hemophilus, uh, influenza type B, and polio, and another against pneumococcal disease. Then, as if that were not enough, babies of three months have another pile of gunk stuffed into them, 
and more at four months, just in case the first two batches didn't screw up their immune systems. Babies have some protection against infection from antibodies obtained from their mothers. This lasts for a few months after birth. Otherwise, the baby's immune system is rather rudimentary and takes a few years to develop fully. Nevertheless, we now jab young children with a growing number of toxic vaccines. Just what do this and uh, does just what do do this do to the uh, developing immune system? I think it should be what does this do to the developing immune system? A little uh, editorial and typo fixing there. You will find a full list of research papers investigating the damage done to the infant's immune system by repeated injections written out in, on the palm of your left hand. <laughs> in other words, they don't exist. The poor little beggars then have a rest from vaccination until they are three years old or so. And then they get some more. Girls of 12 or 13 have some more potent gunk stuffed into them and everyone gets another armful when they reach their teens. The rules change regularly as drug companies think of something new to flog the new and uh, flog uh, flog and new vaccines are added. Whenever the rules change, it is presumably fair to assume that the previous vaccination regime was wrong or inadequate in some way. No one ever says this, of course. All this is nothing compared to the gunk sloshing around inside small Americans who will have been given more than 30 doses of 10 different vaccines before they can say television. These figures are almost certainly out of date by the time you read this. I can guarantee that the figures will be higher, not lower. Does anyone know what happens inside the body when all these different vaccinations are given together? Do different vaccines work with or against one another? What about the risk of interaction? Exactly how does the immune system cope when it is suddenly bombarded with so much foreign material? And what about money? The green, green stuff. Pharmaceutical drug guys just can't get enough. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get their piece of pie. Mmm, my, my. They convinced you it's the right drug for you, but they didn't tell you what your liver goes through. And just because some MD said jump, your body became a toxic dump. And we are back, and uh, just noticed that for some reason my uh, Skype connection with the network was uh, using video, which doesn't need, so I shut that off. So hopefully everything will be working better now. Um, and we will get back to uh, where we were. And by the way, this is, uh, if I remember right, episode or part number 12 of I'm 100% anti-vax and why you should consider being so likewise. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I think that's what it is. Number 12. I didn't get a chance to check beforehand, but I'm pretty sure the last one was number 11, which would make this one number 12. And, uh, in the process of going through all this stuff, uh, and telling people why I've been anti-vax, I have been bouncing around from the time of Edward Jenner to the present and, uh, playing, you know, reading things from books about different things and, um, uh, playing video clips and all kinds of stuff that basically show that not only 
in the present day, but even since Jenner's time, and he's you know acknowledged as so-called the father of vaccinations. So he's the little Fauci dude that got it all started way back when, and it was the same reason. He was going to make a boatload of money and be rich and powerful and famous. And unfortunately, well, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, his his BS line uh, was just as lucrative sounding to the powers that be back then as Fauci's line of BS is now. And as a result, he had the the media of the time. He had the governments of the time. He had a lot of the medical societies at the time on his side, not because there was any merit to what he was pushing, but there was a great opportunity for certain people to make a boatload of money and to kill off a lot of people at the same time, which has been the, the goal for ever. You know, the, the intelligentsia always thinks there's too many folks and it's up to them to call the herd and make sure that things are run properly and seamlessly and all that kind of stuff. Of course, with them at the helm, uh, never volunteering to be the first to go to make more room for others. Uh, and you know, nothing, as they say, there's nothing new under the sun that's comes right out of the Bible. And, uh, as they say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's what we have right now. So anyway, um, I think I bumped pages, but oh, there we are, but here we go. The pharmaceutical companies and doctors who profit from giving all this vac, all these vaccines, are not content with the current situation. The vaccine industry never stops looking for new opportunities and researchers are constantly talking about introducing new vaccines. Although new vaccines are forever being introduced, vaccines are rarely, if ever, withdrawn. Even though the diseases involved may be rare or mild, the drug companies are always warned, if the vaccines aren't given, then the disease will come back which is a load of crap too. The research for new vaccines for old diseases is endless. Some plans are imaginative. Scientists have apparently developed a banana vaccine by creating genetically engineered banana plants. There are plans to develop bananas which protect against hepatitis B, measles, yellow fever, and poliomyelitis. Other, vac other scientists have developed a genetically engineered potato designed to be used as a vaccine against cholera. The active part of the potato remains active during the process of cooking, and so a portion of the genetically engineered chips could soon be a vaccine, you know, vaccine against cholera. And when he says chips, we're talking about, you know, French fries or potato chips. You know, that's British for chips. <laughs> anyway. I am not talk, making this up, and he's not. You know, um, other people in the U.S., uh, Ed Dowd has mentioned that, and um, uh, Mickey uh, Willis uh, and, and so many others have brought this up in their talks. According to a British nursing magazine, nurses are now calling for vaccine to stop the norovirus. Giving a vaccine is presumably easier than washing your hands, according to them. Similarly, fat people are constantly demanding a vaccine to enable them to stop eating cakes without, or, or to keep eating cakes without ever getting fatter. 
There are, so I am told, vaccines in the pipeline for just about everything ranging from asthma to earache. There is a planned genetically engineered vaccine which will provide protection against 40 different diseases. The vaccine will contain the raw DNA of all those different diseases. Oh, here we go again. Just like the Moderna and Pfizer jabs that are killing people all over the world. These will be given to newborn babies to provide them with protection for life. <laughs> yeah, they don't say that the life will only be uh, less than a year, but you know, that's immaterial. Inevitably, countless centuries around the world have spent, uh, or excuse me, countless scientists around the world have spent enormous amounts of money and energy trying to create a vaccine against AIDS. Yeah, Fauci was into that too, and he killed a bunch of people with uh, AZT even though it wasn't a vaccine. A vaccine that makes sex safe will be worth a fortune. Naturally, the pharmaceutical industry is constantly searching for more and more new vaccines. And whenever they spot the beginnings of a market, a demand, they will do their very best to serve up something appropriate. I have lost count of the number of times I've read of researchers working on a vaccine to prevent cancer. There is a vaccine for cancer. It's called good nutrition <laughs> but they will never look there because there's no money in nutrition because you can't patent something that's natural and that's why they're always looking for a drug which is why all of the people you know and that that brings me to a real pet peeve there is a bicycle event called pelotonia that has been running for 14 years now in my area and it's coming up again in another week or so and they routinely will take to the roads on a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, mostly Sunday for some reason. And they'll follow up traffic everywhere because they put police officers and county deputies at virtually every intersection. And when they see a bike coming a quarter mile away, they'll stop all, all traffic on the, the crossing roadway and make everybody wait until that one person on a bicycle comes and lets them run the, run the stop sign and proceed through. And it just irks me as a retired police officer that, and a person who believes in the constitution or at least what the constitution is supposed to say, that people have rights. One of the things we have is a right to travel and a travel unimpeded and certain roads are across our major thoroughfares and then cross streets have stop signs. And it just so happens that the route for this bicycle trip is mostly on the cross streets. So instead of saying, okay, you will obey all traffic laws, which is what they're supposed to do, when they come to a, a, a stop sign, they should stop and wait until all the traffic is cleared and then they can proceed which would be the proper thing to do. And that's what the city founders and the people running, you know, handling things should tell them. Instead, though, because the government is not there for your protection like it's supposed to be or to uh, protect your rights, it's there to make money. And, of course, they charge for these officers to be in those intersections all day long directing traffic. And it just drives me crazy when I'm coming along on the main road and I'm forced to stop so some schmuck on a bicycle and can cross these things and, and run through red uh, stop signs and everything else, which gives them the natural thought that they're allowed to do that all the time. 
And it goes on and on and on. And I say this as a bicyclist from years gone by. I have ridden my bicycle as much as 300 miles in one day in different things and organized rides. And back in those days, it was routine for bicyclists, especially organized bicyclists, to obey traffic laws. If we came to a stop sign, we stopped. If we came to a red light, we stopped. And we proceeded only when lawful to do so. But these people today think they own the roads and think they can do whatever they want and they can they can just ignore stop signs and red lights and that kind of thing. And they're given that belief because what happens in these events when they have police officers directing traffic and send them right through. And it's just an absolutely disgusting thing and then say nothing of the trash that I have to clean up out of my front yard when they go riding by and finish a bottle of water or, or a you know, a power bar and they toss the garbage in my, my lawn. Um, these people are just disgusting as far as I'm concerned, not to mention the fact that they are idiots because they are riding to raise money to throw down the black rat hole of the uh, allopathic medicine trying to find a cure for cancer. Their little thing is one goal, and it's a little arrow pointing in some direction, you know, thinking that they're going to find a, uh, an answer for cancer with the allopathic medicine. Good luck with that, you morons. But it just, uh, that's just something that drives me crazy, um, as you may can, maybe can tell. <laughs> and I'm sure it does a lot of other people because everybody along that route gets the same load of trash in their front yards, too. And they get say the, the same thing where they're stuck um, waiting when they shouldn't be. You know, uh, as someone traveling on a main thoroughfare, I have a right to pass through. And any cross streets are supposed to be required to stop and wait for me to go through. But then they put a cop in the middle of the intersection. And again, most of these cops are brain dead and spoon fed as well. And they don't care what the law says as long as they're making money. And they're getting paid 20 bucks an hour or more to stand there and stop people with a lawful use of the road and let some schmuck on a bicycle a quarter mile away, take their time, get to the intersection, run the stop sign and go right through unimpeded. And again, that is just something disgusting. But uh, how did I get on that? <laughs> uh, but anyway, oh, yeah, because they're working on a vaccine to prevent cancer. And these people are never going to find it's, 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 you know, the best thing I ever heard, you know, to explain this, looking for an answer to cancer and allopathic medicine or drugs is like saying you lost your keys in the living room, but you're looking for them in the backyard because the light's better. You're never going to find it because you're looking in the wrong place. And that's exactly the same thing here. They're looking for an answer, a, a, a vaccine or a pill to, to kill cancer, whatever. They're looking for it in the drug world because the money is better, but they're never gonna find it because the real answer is in cleaning up your diet, cleaning up your terrain, giving your body the 90 essential nutrients it needs to stay healthy. And in, such, in, in the process of doing so, cancer, if you have it, will go away. If you don't have it, will never come. And that's been shown over and over again. 
I can't tell you the number of people I have met that were diagnosed with stage four different kinds of cancer, uh, some pancreatic, which is a nasty cancer, kills everybody just about that, you know, has it and goes to an MD for treatment. And, you know, they were, they were told by their doctors to go home and get their affairs in order because there's nothing more than the, the standard allopathic run-of-the-mill stab, cut, and poison or burn and poison people can do to them, I mean, for them. And then instead of going home and just waiting to die, they start doing a little research and they discover Dr. Wallach and Longevity. And they get on our products and the next thing you know, they're cancer-free over and over and over again. If they catch it early enough, and even even though the doctors say there's nothing more that can be done for you, that's still early enough in many cases where, you know, they can reverse things. Now, if they sit and wait a little bit longer, they might get beyond the point of no return, and then nothing's going to fix it. But it's still worth a shot. And I've seen, I've met people that were stage four pancreatic cancer, told to go home and get ready to die. You have less than 90 days. They got on board with our nutrition, and boom, they um, are cancer-free in no time. And in many cases, outlived the doctors who told them there was nothing more that could be done for them. So, yes, nutrition does work, not just for cancer, but for virtually any other chronic health issue. So, anyway, back to the book. <laughs> Meanwhile, the drug companies continue with their old faithfuls, the profitable cash cows, which keep the billions pouring in. Every year, new flu jabs appear on the market. I don't know about you, but I can no longer keep up with what is going on. I have long since given up trying to work out which vaccines are very dangerous and which are only just a bit dangerous, and to whom. The only certainty is that the manufacturing and giving of vaccines is big business. The people who sell vaccines make a lot of money, and the doctors who give them or who authorize nurses to give them on their behalf make a lot of money, too. Vaccination is a big and very profitable industry. This is vaccine bonanza time for drug companies and doctors. And it all started with a bogus, screwed up idea by Edward Jenner. What research is done to test new vaccines? Oh, you're gonna love this. It doesn't require a great deal of learning to realize that there must be dangers involved in injecting a potentially dangerous foreign substance directly into the body. Even an idiot can see that that must be hazardous. And yet, where's the evidence showing that vaccines have been tested? For example, I have not been able to find any evidence that studies have been done to prove that giving babies numerous vaccines within a short period of time is safe. This is some interesting stuff. One of the problems with setting up any re such research program would undoubtedly be the problem of obtaining informed consent, an essential requirement before any new product can be tested. Obviously, an eight-week-old baby cannot give consent to being jabbed with some potentially toxic material, but it won't be long that they can give their consent to be uh, transitioned into a girl from a boy or a boy from a girl, supposedly. <laughs> Again, just my editorial comment. But how can the parents give consent for a potentially dangerous procedure on behalf of their baby when their baby is perfectly well? If a baby will die unless a new treatment is tried, 
and existing therapies have proven ineffective, then the parents are clearly justified in giving their consent. That is how new treatments are properly tested and developed. But how can parents give consent for their baby to be given a potentially dangerous vaccination when the child is perfectly healthy? And what parents would give their consent under those circumstances? When new drugs and vaccines intended for adult use are introduced, they're tested on volunteers under controlled circumstances. The guinea pigs are carefully observed. Even so, there are some disasters when new pharmacological products are tested for the first time. Adult patients used as guinea pigs are well paid for the risks they take. The bottom line is that it is, in my view, impossible for drug companies and doctors to perform ethically acceptable research to test out new vaccines designed for use on babies and children. I suspect that if research had been done, which proved that vaccines were safe, then it would be published and widely promoted, if only to silence critics like myself. At the moment, we must all rely on the unsupported confidence of drug companies and the doctors who give vaccinations, all of whom have a vested interest in promoting vaccination and in assuring us all that there are no risks. Just as surprisingly and just as shocking, it is, is the fact that it is far, as far as I've been able to find out, no long-term research has been done or is being done into the safety and effectiveness of vaccines. Drug companies and doctors simply assume that vaccines are safe and effective because they want them to be. I wonder how many enthusiastic supporters of vaccinations know that. As far as I've been able to find out, neither doctors nor drug companies conduct long-term follow-up studies to prove that vaccines are safe. I wonder how many know that the government does not bother either. It is a scandal of and I don't know what this word is, brobdingnine proportions. I don't know what that is supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know if that's a British word or if it's just something he made up, but you know, I would say monumental proportions, that little or no ongoing research is done to find out how safe or effective vaccines are in the long term. Drug companies and politicians say the vaccines are safe and effective and people believe them. Doctors and others who speak out against vaccines are ignored and their work is suppressed as madness. Or their work is suppressed, and that is madness. The basic problem in, that is that these days, research work is usually done with a specific commercial purpose in mind. Research into new products is begun under the guidance and approval of drug companies and the aim is to obtain some useful results which can be used to promote a particular product. What drug company is going to pay for research which might show that its products kill people? <laughs> they don't want to do that. Most doctors who do research have links to drug companies and aren't likely to bite the hands that feed them so well. Even if a research program did show that a vaccine was unsafe, the results would unlikely be uh, would be unlikely to be published. Drug companies have a track record of suppressing inconvenient or commercially damaging re, uh, research results. And of course, it is very easy to fiddle research in order to prove a particular point. By redefining diseases, by choosing patients selectively, by diagnosing diseases in a different way, and so on, it is possible to prove whatever you want to prove.
Without impartial government support, it is extremely unlikely that anyone will conduct research designed to find out whether or not vaccines are safe and effective. And the government is not going to pay for any research designed to find out just how safe and effective vaccines really are, because the government also has a vested interest in maintaining the myth that vaccines are safe and effective. The result is that many of the scientific papers which do discuss vaccination have been written by scientists working for the government, which promotes vaccination, or the drug companies, which make the stuff. These links are not always made clear when the papers are published. And even if the links are revealed, does that really make a difference? Many of the people who do research on vaccines and who sit on committees deciding which vaccines should be given and when have strong financial connections to drug companies. But we are expected to accept that their links with the drug companies in no way affect their judgments or decisions about the use of vaccines. <laughs> yeah, right. The researchers publishing most of the work on vaccines are unlikely to risk being contaminated by cooperating with independent thinkers. Most are employed by or in some other way linked to the government or the drug industry. There is a massive evidence showing that vaccines are potentially dangerous. There is no shortage of evidence showing that vaccines make a good many healthy people ill. And there is a frightening amount of evidence supporting the claim that vaccines kill people. It is even fairly easy to prove that vaccines have had no significant effect on the incidence of many of the diseases they are supposed to prevent. But I haven't been able to find evidence proving that vaccines are effective. Doctors happily jab stuff into the, same, into the arms of perfectly healthy uh, without evidence proving that what they are doing will save lives. It is simply not good enough for doctors just uh, to just say that vaccines are safe and effective because they want them to be. When you are injecting this stuff into millions of kids, there ought to be tons of research which proves this conclusively. Incidentally, if you would like to assess the quality of the information proving that vaccines are safe and effective, you can easily do this for yourself. Simply use your favorite search engine to investigate these two questions. What scientific research has been done to prove that vaccines are really safe? And what scientific research have been done to prove that vaccines are effective? Phrase your questions in any way you like, of course. I don't want you to feel that I'm leading you in any particular direction and check sources of whatever you find. Finally, here's a simple cheap to perform clinical trial that would tell us whether uh, or not individual vaccines are safe and effective. All doctors have to do is to make a note of how many children who receive a vaccine develop that disease and then compare those results with the number of children who get the disease but haven't been had the vaccine. This will provide inf information showing that the vaccine is or is not effective. And they could make a note of the number of vaccinated children who develop serious health problems after vaccination and then compare that number with the instance of serious health problems among unvaccinated children. What could be easier than that? These would be um, easy and cheap trials to perform. They could simply require the collection of some basic information, and it would be vital to follow the children for at least 20 years to obtain useful information. A trial involving 100,000 children would be enough. But 
I do not know of anyone who has done or is doing this simple research. Could it possibly be that no one does such basic research because the results might be embarrassing for those who want to sell vaccines? Hmm. And I'm going to stop it there. The next thing they go on is using animals for research, which, according to this gentleman, is uh, a total waste of time, money, effort, and is extremely uh, cruel and in, uh, inhuman punishment to the animals. Hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And um, I wanted to uh, take a look if I can find them here. I thought I had. Here we go again. There we are. I think that's the one. Um, just trying to find. Where did it go? Hmm. I had some little video clips that were um, really pretty interesting stuff. Um, but they disappeared on me. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened to them. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Oh, there we go. Nope, that's not it. Hmm. Might be in a different thing, place where I thought they were. Oh, well, life in the big city. It's what happens when I can't, you know, look at things and don't plan ahead. Um, hmm. I could have swore it was on this website, though. Anyway, there were a whole bunch of uh, little video clips that, um, I had found that were uh, very interesting. They were basically quotations from um, doctors in Edward Jenner's time, among others, that um, shed some light on uh, what the what the other doctors of that time were. You know, and they all thought he was a quack. You know, the fact is Jenner was not a physician. He bought his medical degree from a uh, Scottish university for 15 pounds, which, you know, is the equivalent of about $2,000 in today's money. But basically, uh, in order to give himself a little credibility, he bought his medical degree and never went to medical school. It was basically a quack um, pushing his stuff, but because it, uh, it was a quackery idea, that would make money for um, a lot of people, uh, you know, that also could care less about the health of the people that was being exposed to. 
they were happy to support him. And that's how we ended up with uh, things throughout the years, even though it's killed more people than it's helped, you know, because the criminals at the top could care less about the individuals, about the little people. They just care about their bottom line, making more and more money. So, you know, that's okay. It's just a uh, cost of doing business. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but this is a little video that um, I want to play that gives you a good idea of what's going on here. This is Dr. Um, Sukarit Bhakti, who is talking about the use of these COVID jabs and the effect it's going to have. It's going to decimate the world population. And uh, why don't you hear some of what he has to say? Here we go. Don't believe don't believe this lie, guys. Don't believe it, for God's sake. And for God's sake, inform yourself before you let yourself and your beloved ones be vaccinated. Because if you have been vaccinated once, and guys, don't get a third or fourth or fifth, because if you do that, you are going to contribute to the decimation of the world's population. Hey everybody, Alex Newman here with The New American, and we've got more coverage of the COVID issues and the vaccines, and today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, you may have seen him on Fox News. That's where he first came to uh, to our attention with some very interesting comments he made on Laura Ingram's program. Uh, he is a German microbiologist and doctor, Dr. Uh, Sukarit Bhakti, and he has an incredible background, uh, an incredibly interesting career uh, in multiple different fields. and. Uh, he has had some ideas about uh, coronavirus and the vaccines that kind of go counter to at least the mainstream narrative. So we're very honored to have him. Uh, Dr. Bakke, thank you so much for being with us today. Glad to be here. So tell us uh, real quick your thoughts on the COVID pandemic. I mean, we're being told that this is, you know, this existential crisis. We've got a lockdown. We've got a social distance. We've got to put masks on. Um, what is your view on the pandemic and, uh, in particular, the government's reaction to this pandemic? I think that the pandemic is um, a fake. Uh, it was based on a PCR test that was highly fallible. That means um, dangerously uh, um, inaccurate, giving false positive data that was unfortunately taken as uh, the main diagnostic criterion. You know, before COVID, uh, I'm a doctor, we were taught and we taught people that when you see someone who is ill, what you have to do is mm, look at the patient, examine him, and if you need to have a lab test done to support the diagnosis, you go for it. But this COVID-19 business is completely crazy. People who are not ill, have no symptoms, are tested with a test that is lying most of the time. And if it turns out positive, you are sent into quarantine, measures are taken, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're forced to wear a mask, social distancing, everything that anyone who has thought about it, read about it, knows is absolutely ridiculous nonsense. 
in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah, that, that's fascinating. So uh, talk a little bit about the PCR test for us, because I think, you know, I, I've read some about this. In fact, I've seen uh, videos with uh, Kerry, Dr. Kerry Mullins, the inventor of the PCR test, where he said, you know, you, you don't use this to determine whether somebody has a viral infection. But tell us a little bit about the mechanics. How does a PCR test uh, show uh, positive COVID if the person is maybe not really infected or uh, not right. really transmitting the disease? All right. Uh, this brilliant invention by Carrie Mullis, uh, who got the Nobel Prize for it correctly, mm -hmm. because it's turned out to be virtually, it, you, you just need this test. But what does this test do? Um, it's, you know, you, you multiply something, the gene of a virus, or fragments of the gene of the virus. Now, uh, to put this in into a substance that anyone can understand, you take one dollar, okay? and you multiply $1 by two, you double it every minute, okay? How many minutes do you need to make a million dollars out of $1 if you double it every minute? The answer is you need 20 minutes. That's what you need, okay? If you have one cent, how many minutes do you need to get from one cent to a million dollars if you double every minute? The answer is 27, okay? So the threshold of your joy when you reach a million dollars is 20 for one dollar and 27 for one cent. Now, you can't buy anything for a cent, but you can buy things for a dollar, okay? If you say the one dollar, that is the infectious virus, Okay, and the one cent is just bits and pieces of the virus that will never come to life again. Then you say the cycle threshold that you need to reach is only 20 if you have the virus, but it is more than 20 if you don't have the virus, just fragments or the dead virus. Okay, so the PCR test does work. But you have to know how many cycles you should use uh, and how many cycles must not be trespassed. Because if you say the test is positive, when the number of cycles that you have needed to get to a million dollars was 20 or less, then you know you've got the virus. But if the, the number of cycles that have gone through to get to a million dollars was more than 20, you know that you didn't have the virus. Now, this threshold was never set for the so-called PCR, the COVID-19 PCR, because it could not have been set. You see, the thing is this, that German lab that created the first PCR, that is the most used PCR in the world, uh, it was followed by many others. Um, they used, they, 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 they went through 45 cycles, 45, okay? In fact, this number 20 and 27 is approximately right <laughs> for, for the virus, in fact. Um, and they said anything that turned lights up positive is to be taken as a positive test. So if you are healthy and you go and get this test done and you have a cycle threshold of 40 
you are going to be set into quarantine, although it's known that there's no virus. And that is why the whole world has panicked now because the governments have gleefully taken this up. You know, the German Chancellor Merkel, she says, yay, yeah, we'll use this test. And just, you know, the trouble about this test is, I'll, I'll liken this now to an alcohol test. If you have a breath test for alcohol, you get caught, okay? You blow and you've drunk a liter of vodka. So up you go to 1.0 and bye-bye, uh, your license is gone, right? Now, if you haven't drunk anything, you've drunk one mil of vodka, it goes up to 0.01. That's nothing, you can keep on driving. However, in the PCR test, you've got to give up your license. Uh, you, there is no alcohol. And the trouble is that um, uh, this test is not so specific, meaning that not it, it lights up not only with the, with the corona COVID-19 virus, the SARS-CoV-2, it will also light up if you have a flu virus or another coronavirus, you see. It's like as if the alcohol test uh, were not really specific for alcohol. It would light up maybe if... Uh, we had what, what um, vinegar, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it but it, it wouldn't be as sensitive. So if you had uh, a lot of vinegar, uh, it would light up and say you. If you had 1.0 vinegar, it would light up and say it, it's 0.01, and off you go. Your COVID case, wrong diagnosis. That's what I'm trying to put through. So most of these diagnoses are either wrong, or uh, they are false because the CT value, cycle threshold, has not been taken care of. And it could not have been taken care of because Mr. Drosten, our German expert who, who set the whole thing in motion, you see, if you have an alcohol test and you want to calibrate this test, you need alcohol to calibrate it, right? You have to know this is 1.0 because you put 1.0 alcohol in there. Now, what people don't realize is that brilliant lab that created this brilliant test never had the virus to calibrate the test with. Never had it. So they didn't know how many cycles had to go through so that you could say, you know, you have a virus. <laughs> this is the amazing thing about it. The amazing thing about it. And you Americans, I mean, this is one of the things that shocked me most. You know, I am actually a born American. I was born the Johnson. Hopkins, in fact, <laughs> my oh, mother was there as a doctor, yes. And you guys, I always look to the American doctors because my mother was a wonderful doctor, trained in America. Everyone has lost everything. They've forgotten their medicine. Dr. Fauci, your head of blah, 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 lost everything. Doesn't know anything about anything anymore. How can this be? It cannot be that the American doctors and scientists have forgotten this. And that's what makes me really worried. If they haven't forgotten it, why in God's name don't they stand up and say this is nonsense? How you can took you allow the question this? right out of my mouth. That was going to be my next question is why aren't more people speaking out about this who are in medicine? Why and who are in aren't science? the doctors speaking? Why aren't the doctors and scientists speaking? God damn it. It's just terrible. Instead, what they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. 
and they feel good about it or they say they feel good about it. How can this be? Don't you feel ashamed of yourself? So you, so you, you think the vaccines are, are dangerous. Um, what do you think is going on with this? Why do you think they're dangerous? And um, what's going to be happening in, in your view as we continue? I mean, we've now mass vaccinated in some states. We have you know, upwards of 50% of people vaccinated. What's coming down the pike? Very, very bad. You are heading for the, the greatest catastrophe in your history. Oh, wow. If you don't watch out, I tell you, you're going to go the same way that Israel has gone. Israel has been turned into living hell. And when I think of it, that my birth country, America, is going to be living hell, I know that I will never come back to America. Never. Now, listen, there are three things I want to say about this. First of all, this whole nonsense about the vaccine being efficient, efficacy, you know, protecting. How can that be? How can you guys believe this sort of thing? You know, if I were an antibody, okay, that had been produced because I'd been vaccinated, I would be floating around in this room. This is the bloodstream, okay? Now, where does this virus come? It comes to the front door. It doesn't come into the blood. It goes into the lung and enters the lung cell, all right? Now, the antibodies are not there, guys. Don't you realize this? They are in the blood. And the amount of antibodies that are out there waiting to catch the virus that's coming in through the air is minuscule. And this is known. This is what I used to teach my students for 40 years. That's why it is virtually impossible to prevent an infection that comes from the airway. What you can do after that bug has entered your airway epithelium cell is to prevent it disseminating in the body via the bloodstream. This is what, for instance, the vaccination against pneumococci or meningococci aims at, to prevent the dissemination in the blood. Okay, now this virus does not disseminate in the blood. It kills people because it's in the lung and because the lung suffers. All right. So how can anyone think that by vaccinating oneself, one can be protected against infection of the lung? This is completely naive, completely. And I wonder that my American associates, physicians, colleagues don't stand up and tell you guys about this. Why do you have to wait for me to come around and tell you this? I learned this from the American teachers, from the American textbooks. Now, the second thing is this. If you are under 70 years of age and not seriously, you don't have a pre-existing uh, condition, you're, you're going to have a really, really difficult time dying of COVID-19. It's virtually impossible. You know, one of the world's greatest epidemiologists is John Ioannidis of Stanford. I hope everyone who's listening to me, it's John Ioannidis, you know. Um, he's much more famous than I am. And he's, you know, he's just, he's, he's amazing. And he's been telling you now, 
for what is it? In October, he told you this, and now he's telling to you again, five months ago. The infection fatality rate for people under 70 worldwide is in the order of 0.05%. 0.05. Guys, you know what that means? Of 10,000 people who get infected, who get infected with this virus, which is not a killer virus, and it is not a killer virus because of those 10,000, a maximum of five will die. You know, this is very, very little. You have to realize that this is almost nothing. Now, if you come and tell me that a vaccine is efficacious, it's got to lower that incidence. So it's got to go from five per 10,000 infected to less than five per 10,000 infected. And you can believe me, no clinical trial can be designed to show this. You'd have to vaccinate millions of people, if not billions, and then count those who have been vaccinated versus those who have not been vaccinated to see whether those in the non-vaccinated group die more often. And in fact, this has never been shown. So the claim that these vaccines are efficacious is a lie. You have to realize this. It's never been shown because it's not a question of, of protecting against a cough or a cold. It's a question of protecting against severe illness and death. I don't want a vaccine that may kill me, that will protect me against getting a cold. Do you? Does that make Certainly any not. sense whatsoever? It doesn't. And, you know, now we come to the last part. The people who might profit from this vaccine might. Of course they won't, because I told you that the antibodies can't protect anyway. But theoretically, would be the elderly with pre-existing illness. But, and if a vaccine were available, that was shown to be efficacious in protecting these people, I wouldn't mind at all. I am not an anti-vax. I've always been a pro-vax. I've always thought that vaccination is very, very good. But not this vaccine. This is very, very bad, okay? Because of course it's never been tested in the elderly with pre-existing diseases. If they had done that, they would have these strings of deaths that we are now witnessing around the world without anyone doing any damn thing about it, which I think is so unethical, so unethical. It's criminal. And I dare to stand up and defy anyone who's going to say the opposite. Now, what is this vaccine? Why is this vaccine so dangerous? Let me go to the last part, okay? It's useless for the young under 70. It's useless for the elderly because it's not been tested. And why is it then, why is it dangerous? Why do I think it's dangerous? I want to tell you. Look, if this is the virus hand that is going to open the door to your cell, okay? The theory behind all of this is that you're going to take this hand, put it in your body, so that you make antibodies against this hand, so that these antibodies, when the hand comes to grasp the handle, the, this is now an antibody, okay, this is the hand, will come and stop it from grasping the handle. Now, 
that would be a conventional vaccine. The modern vaccines, which are gene-based, are different. And they are different because they don't take the hand, they take the gene that contains the information for the hand, the gene. So you are getting packages of the gene that encodes the hand, and they're putting it in your muscle. Not one, a billion, a billion packages, okay? That goes into the muscle. It goes into your lymph, but it goes also into your bloodstream. And this has never been told to you guys. You are getting a viral gene into your bloodstream and it's going to circulate. Now, your bloodstream is a closed system of tunnels, okay? Pipes, pipes, pipes. And once in there, in the blood, that package or those packages, millions and millions of those packages of, of the gene will never get out again because they're trapped, okay? They will then enter the cells that they are offered to. These are the blood cells, but the main cells that they will access, now no one ever tells you this because <laughs> no one has ever looked. The companies that have produced those vaccines have never looked and never published. But I tell you, I thought a lot about this and I came up with this only answer that a scientist can run. It's those cells, you know, lining the blood vessels. So um, if this is the lining of a blood vessel, okay, the blood is in front here. This cell takes up that gene. Then this cell starts to produce the gene. Now these cells line your blood vessels all over your body, all organs, okay? That cell is now going to start producing the gene. This virus gene is the spike protein of the virus, the hand. And it will start, you see this, coming out of the At the same time, waste, trash, is produced of this protein that hasn't been used. And that trash that is produced in the production, the cell Turn on your TV and all you ever see is Ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die, long as they get their piece of pie. Mm, And welcome back to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Um, Let's just get right back to uh, uh, Sukrit Bhakti and his uh, discussion of these jabs. That is wonderful for science, but not wonderful for you, because it has the propensity, it has the ability to. Now, what is coming is a platelet. These platelets are those little cells that start blood clotting going. 
the moment it touches it, this platelet gets activated and starts wanting to start the blood clotting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regrettably, there's another type of cell that comes around to see the trash. And this cell is the killer lymphocyte. And your killer lymphocytes are trained to see trash of viruses because then it will come and try to kill the cell that is daring to produce the virus, which is the cell that lines a wall, the tapestry of your wall, blood vessels. This can happen anywhere, but by because, you know, in medicine, you learn about these things. Blood flows at different speeds. Blood flows, uh, flows very slowly in your veins, okay? Blood flows slowly in the vessels, the capillaries, because for instance, in the lung, you have to have this gas exchange, okay? Ah, gosh. It's actually so logical. Where do you think most of the virus packages are going to be taken up? I don't know. And the pharmaceutical industry doesn't know because it never looked. It never looked. But they should have looked. Damn it. They should have looked. Because maybe now you, humans, are being part of the largest experiment ever performed in the history of mankind. Scientific experiment. We are going to find out which of your cells lining your blood vessels are taking up these packages and producing them so that they are going to be attacked by your own immune system and destroyed. And that is what's going to set, send the blood clotting. It's got a clot. There's no other way. Now, listen very carefully. What are the major symptoms that the young people and also elder people have shown to have had after receiving maybe this first and even more after the second shot of these vaccines. Question mark, what is your answer? Headache, right? Nausea, vomiting, dizziness, loss of conscious, nerve paralysis, the face, arms, legs, Loss of motor control, you know, these jerking movements. And, you know, when I heard all of this, I was asking myself, and of course, pain in the muscle, right? What could be the common denominator? And the answer that came to me, and this was back in January, and I talked about it at that time, and we wrote it, and we published this in February, was that we believed, we, when I say we, it's my wife, Karina, and I. Um, and we also put this in our new book, which is going to appear in two weeks, but in German, uh, that we predicted that there were going to be very severe thrombotic events. Very severe, because especially this headache, splitting headache, Conscious, loss of consciousness, nausea, vomiting, is the typical sign that the blood is clotting in the veins of your brain. Very, very rare. 
the incidence of cerebral venous thrombosis is one to a million per million per year. So there are going to be 300 cases. Oh, don't mind the phone, please. Um, uh, in America, a year. Now, you may have uh, realized that cerebral venous thrombosis has now been diagnosed in those victims and that uh, the EMA, this funny organization, said, well, this is unfortunate, but the benefit of this vaccination far outweighs the risks. I couldn't imagine this. And now the FDA, you, you guys in America are saying the same thing. I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. Because for every one person who has died because of a thrombosis in the brain veins, a hundred have suffered and a hundred might also have died. Every clot formation is potentially lethal. You know, you have blood clots forming in your leg veins and if they um, get released, they become pulmonary embolisms that also will kill you. Why don't people think about this? And you know that when a lot of clotting goes on, these clotting factors get used up. Like when you use all your money, you have no more money. If you use all your clotting factors, you, don't, you can't clot anymore. And these people can bleed. Have you ever seen people with these skin bleedings? Or have you ever heard of people who have had massive bleeding in the brain that caused death? Might not all of this have been, you know, the result of massive blood uh, clotting. And we are trying, we're trying so hard to make you realize, also you guys who are telling us that this vaccine is so important and saving lives, don't continue this. Remember that you may be the next to go. And it's not only you, it's your family, your loved ones, your children. And when I'm saying this, I'm not taking any parts. You know, we are not, we have, we're completely neutral. We are scientists, not left, not right, not up, not down. We just are trying to serve you. And okay, I'm going to stop that there because we got some breaking news. And uh, let me set this up so we'll stream uh, here. Uh, come on, where's the button? There we go. Um, just got a, a buddy of mine just sent me a text with a link to a uh, article on uh, the New York Post saying that LeBron James's son, Bronny, suffers cardiac arrest at USC practice. So Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest while practicing at USC on Monday. LeBron James confirmed the scare uh, involving his son as he prepared for his uh, first season with the Trojans in a statement to TMZ. Monday, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Uh, the James family said the medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we'll update when the media when more information is available. Show some pictures of Brownie James there at the school, apparently. And I'm assuming uh, this is them somewhere. Uh, I guess it looks like high school stuff. 
Uh, Browning was rushed to the hospital after a 911 call was made at 926 in the morning from the Galen Center where USC practices. Browning, 18, was a four-star recruit after starring at Sierra Canyon High School. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks to the and appreciation of the USC Medical Center and, Met, and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes, the statement said. According to TMZ, Browning was unconscious before he was taken by ambulance to the hospital. A uh, 911 dispatcher can also be heard saying unconscious in audio obtained by the outlet. The medical emergency was a code three, according to TMZ, which signifies emergency teams arriving at the scene with ambulance lights and sirens. And Bronny, the oldest uh, son of James, is entering his freshman year at USC. In May, he announced his commitment to play for the Trojans next season, uh, writing the school's slogan, Fight On, in a post on Instagram. And let's see, Bronny, a six foot three combo guard, averaged 14 points, five rebounds, and three assists at Sierra Canyon in his senior season, during which he was named a McDonald's All American. In March, Bronny completed in the slam dunk, com uh, competed in the slam dunk competition at the high school showcase, which took place 20 years after his dad, apparently, James, won the dunk contest as part of the McDonald's All-American festivities. Bronny, who turns 19 in October, becomes draft eligible in 2024. Uh, the James, James and Savannah share son Bryce, 18 and daughter Zuri, I think it is Z H U R I eight, in an, in addition to Bronny. Uh, let's see here. The Lakers superstar, who became the NBA's all-time leading scorer in February on February seventh, previously said he hopes to play alongside Bronny in the NBA. <laughs> and uh, absolutely no mention of what the obvious question is. Was Bronny given the COVID jab? And I would venture to say the athlete, the answer to that is yes, because his daddy, if I remember right, was very pro-vaccine uh, and slamming people who were not willing to take the jabs. So more than likely, uh, his cardiac arrest was a result of having had the jab and its effect on the circulatory and cardiac systems of athletes, as we have seen numerous times in the past. So yet another uh, high, what's the word I'm looking for? High visibility uh, person who uh, took the jab probably and suffered as a result. And we'll see what happens from here on whether or not um, he's able to continue playing basketball or if he's relegated to the sidelines. Because this time he was lucky. Next time, maybe not so much. And who knows, my guess is now that he's been in the hospital and had this thing, he'll probably be diagnosed with myocarditis. Just uh, an assumption on my part or a prediction, you might say. But... Um, yeah, who knows? We just have to wait and see. But uh, anyway, there we have it. So 
Um, I also believe I may have played this uh, clip with um, Dr. Bhakti last week. So rather than continue it, I'm going to uh, dig up a few other things here. And um, let's see here. Just looking through uh, a link that I have, trying to find some uh, things that are rather interesting. But while I'm thinking about it, there is a new movie that uh, unfortunately is not available in my area yet, but it's called The uh, Essential Church. And basically it talks about, um, I think it's three different churches that during the COVID time uh, basically were attacked and because they violated the... uh, whatever policy of the area when they were demanding lockdowns and shutdowns and everything. And the churches said, we're not shutting down our services. We're going to keep having them regardless. We ought to obey God rather than men and uh, have been attacked relentlessly for that. The pastors being uh, in some cases charged criminally, threatened with big, huge fines, jail time, and who knows what else, not to mention their uh, rights being, uh, um, totally violated and um there's a new movie that's supposed to start on friday i believe it's i think it's the 28th and um if you go to essentialchurchmovie.com you can see a short uh, trailer for it and uh, get more information about it you can also uh, do a search to see if it's showing in your area but at this point, uh, I just did a search yesterday, and it's not. There's nowhere within 50 miles of my location, which is Columbus, Ohio, uh, that is carrying the movie, unfortunately. So hopefully, it will get uh, more widespread coverage as the uh, demands increase. But uh, you may want to check it out, see if it's playing in your area, and uh, go visit it. I think it would be. I'm hoping that if you know once it has. Uh, made its way through the theaters that they'll make a video available because it's something I would love to see. Um, but at this point, you know, I can't because it's not being shown, <laughs> but you might want to check that out. Also, there's another thing that a buddy of mine turned me on to called America's marketplace. And what that is, and basically the address is publicsq.com. P U B L I C S Q stands for public square but it's publicsq.com and it is uh, America's marketplace. Join over uh, a million freedom loving Americans in shopping quality products, services, and exclusive discounts from values aligned businesses. And uh, basically they are uh, shop your values locally and online tired of supporting companies with a woke agenda. Public SQ does uh, does the vetting for you so you can be more intentional with your spending without compromising on quality. Join the movement today. Small businesses you can trust. Make the switch to values-aligned businesses for everything from daily essentials to great restaurants near you. And our values, pro-life, pro-family, pro-freedom. Our mission guides everything we do 
business you find on businesses you find on public SQ are values aligned by design. And it says we're united in our commitment to freedom and truth. That's what makes us Americans. We will always protect the family unit and celebrate the sanctity of every life. We believe small businesses and communities who support them are the backbone of our economy. We believe in the greatness of this nation and will always fight to defend it. Our constitution is non-negotiable. Government isn't the source of our rights, so it can't take them away. And uh, a community that supports your business and your values. Join for free and, or promote your business with our rapidly growing member base. So um, there you have it. Uh, again, publicsq.com, P-U-B-L-I-C-S-Q.com, America's Marketplace. And um, I encourage you to check it out. I've been looking at it and it looks like there's a lot of good stuff. Um, we got good ranchers, looks like a source of really good um, uh, meat. Uh, let's see, prime pork is here, limited time pre-sale. We, we source the best pork in the country and brought it to your doorstep. Reserve your box of America's finest chops, brats, pork belly burgers, and more today. The prime pork is a simply better pork, uh, so get one or two while supplies last. And then they have boxes, they have uh, Rancher's Classic, um, Beef and Chicken, Prime Pork Box, Burger Box, um, some really nice looking New York strips and Porterhouse Steaks. Pick your boxes, find the perfect box for you and our curated selection of pasture-raised meat and wild-caught seafood. Choose how often, select the frequency that works best for you, then enjoy less trips to the meat aisle and more flavor at dinner. Lock in your price. Every subscription enjoys inflation-proof meat for two full years. Elevate your meals without elevating your expenses. Ooh. Only 100% American farm-raised meat. Lock in your prices for two full years. No mRNA vaccines or antibiotics. Sourced sustainably and locally. And uh, that sounds pretty cool. And uh, Petri dish poultry. <laughs> FDA green lights, lab grown chicken, and this is stuff they're warning people about. Um, but uh, let's see what people are saying. Best meat ever, uh, 102422. Super delicious, good quality meat, the best meat around, and even better than they are in that they are individually portioned and have no fat to trim off. So thankful to have found this meat, Kathleen F. Verified buyer. We You won't regret it. We have been subscribed for almost a year now and can't explain enough how wonderful this meat is. Every gathering and family event, people can't stop talking about how good and tender the meat tastes. Worth every dollar, even in hard times. Best chicken I ever bought. So different from what you get in the grocery store. Excellent quality, so soft and tender I can cut it with a fork. Never buying chicken anywhere else, Luann S. So that sounds pretty cool. And that's just one of the companies that you will find on publicsq.com. So um, I'm going to be looking into this even more. And uh, that also gives you the chance to advertise. So I may be putting uh, my uh, nutritional supplements and iTeraCare wands on there. 
We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the uh, situation is for that. But just one more thing that people need to be looking at, taking care of um, themselves and taking care of other people uh, who, you know, are important to us and not supporting the people that aren't. You know, it bothers me greatly every Sunday when I um, I see people come to church with Starbucks in their hands. And I can't seem to figure out why. And I've mentioned to people, Starbucks is as anti-Christian and anti-family as you can find a company. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. They're pro-homosexual. I'm sure they're pro-trans movement and all the other stuff. And why on earth would people be supporting a company like that with their hard-earned dollars? It's all because they have an addiction. They have a vice. And their vice is more important them, to them than their convictions, apparently. I stopped buying Starbucks probably almost 20 years ago. And I will never buy another thing from them again as long as I live. And it's sad that I see so many other people that don't, you know, that same, claim to have the same convictions I have as far as pro-life and that kind of thing. And, uh, but they buy Starbucks. And that's just one example. There's tons of them out there, but finding companies that um, support your values are extremely important in this day and age because we are cutting our own throats by uh, supporting these other places and giving our dollars to companies that are diametrically opposed to what we believe in. So, you know, think about that next time you go someplace, if, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream is another one. They are as anti-gun as you can possibly get. But for some reason, the liberal side of things are very strong. They will, they will um, oppose any company that's pro-life or that's pro-anything um, that is in, you know, against what they're believing in. Unfortunately, people on the conservative side are not as solid on those things. Their, their vices are more powerful than their convictions. And it's a sad, sad situation. Hopefully sometime people will start to wake up and see what's going on. But um, I'm not uh, any time. <laughs> I'm not really. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, optimistic, I guess you could say. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find. Oh, there's Dr. Vernon Coleman. That's who wrote that book I was talking about earlier. Um and he is a amazing man. Uh, he appears to be in his probably late seventies, I would imagine. Um, and he bills himself as the old man in a chair uh, because his videos. He's sitting in uh, looks like uh, probably his dining room or living room or something. He's in a chair with a white wall neck you know, behind him and a look like a real nice bookcase next to him. And he just sits there and gives people information that you won't get many other places. And I encourage you to uh, check him out, uh, Vernon Coleman. Um, and his website is Vernon Coleman, B-E-R-N-O-N-C-O-L-E-M-A-N, VernonColeman.org. And uh, he's got one up here, it's called Message to the Jab, which is too long to play, we've only got about 30 seconds left. 
So uh, I would just recommend you check it out. And he's got all of them. He's got about 300 uh, 